two of Brutal Battle. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Stan Kim for the second episode of the recording session. Still sipping on that Silencio by Wicked Weed. Very nice, very nice. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna do beer googles on this episode. Hooray! Because we didn't on the last one because we did the warm up beer. So you know. So, for those who don't remember, we do beer Googles. This way, we type into Google search, how come beer, and then we do a letter. We are on M at the moment, so we'll see what comes up. How come beer and an M? How come beer makes you poop? How come beer makes you pee? How come beer makes you fat? How come beer makes you hungry? And how many beer come in a case? Literally, there's no S on the end of beers in that one. It's, it's how many beer come in case. Well, let's see. It's like a caveman is asking. Let's see if I can contain this in my head uh, far enough. Uh, uh, let's see. P, it's got liquid. Poo, it's a diuretic. <laughs> uh, what were the other ones? I have like, I have fat, instant answers. Fat and hungry. High in calorie. <laughs> Two, you need to just eat more food, idiot. Stop drinking on an empty stomach. So it's pee, poop, fat, hungry. Um, <laughs> which one do we want to go with? Probably uh, poop. Or did you want fat? Or did you want hungry? What do you oh, want? I don't know. You picked it, man. I mean, poop's the first one. And, <laughs> you know, that's my wheelhouse for humor a lot of the times in my normal life. So okay. I figure why not. <laughs> so this takes us to a website called greatest.com. Uh, and an article written by a man named Jeff Cattell that is, what's up with our poop the day after we booze? Oh, so this is just alcohol. Yeah, it seems like it's just alcohol in in, in general. general. But uh, I'll just read like a little portion of it. It says, if you wake up after a night of boozing and make a beeline for the bathroom, you're not alone. First off, you gotta pee. Alcohol is a diuretic, which Dan Kim just said which makes you produce more urine. But there's often a need to lighten the load, too, and it can be on the runny side. <laughs> nice. We have the ethanol in alcohol to thank for the day after drinking stool. Um, they call it dads. Day after drinking stool, dads. Nice. <laughs> a phenomenon that's also known uh, by a far more vulgar term, the beer shits. Ethanol revs up the digestive process, which is why you have the urge to go right when you wake. Oh, as soon as you get up. Speeding up digestion also means that there's less time for the colon to absorb H2O, which can lead to watery stool, says Anish Sheth, MD, a gastroenterologist and author of What's Your Poo Telling You? Actually, I have that book upstairs, to be honest. You are not serious. I am serious, and I can show it to you after this episode. <laughs> it was actually given to me as a, like a joke by my older sister, because... Like I said, that's like our, that's been my family's humor for like my entire life has been like, you know, farts and poops and pee jokes. Right. So I got that for Christmas one year. Um, beer and malt liquor are particularly bad offenders when it comes to dads. <laughs> our bodies usually produce plenty of enzymes to break down the complex carbohydrates found in these drinks when they make their way to the small intestine. But the high volume of carbs that comes with guzzling beer coupled with an accelerated digestive process means some of the carbohydrates may enter the large intestine without breaking down. That makes um, sense. The bacteria in the large intestine then have a field day fermenting the remaining carbohydrates, which results in gas, cramping, 
and more diarrhea. A few loose bowel movements is nothing to worry about, but if the diarrhea continues for more than a day, you should consult a medical professional. So there's a little bit more of the article, but that's basically... Well, the thing about the carbohydrates, that would make sense that it would make you gassy, because uh, when when your things have to be broken down uh, the further into your system, it tends to make you gassy. Especially, uh, this is um, like... People who are have dairy uh, intolerances, yes, like that's what happens. Is that it gets, gets there, and then your system can't break it down the correct way, and, mm-hmm. it, and then you you're, you're gassy. But I will point out, I don't understand why it would make you diuretic. Uh, yeah. why it would make you diuretic and not just farty. Yeah, well, actually, I, I have to point out that what you were just the <clears throat> comparison with people who have a, a dairy intolerance. Uh, the portion I didn't read of the article actually did that. So, did, yeah. you, did you actually write this? Is your pen name Jeff Cattell? No, my pen name is Anish What's-His-Face. <laughs> Anish Sheth. Um, you're MD? You're gastroenterologist? Uh, gastroenterologist? Jeez. That's right. That's tough. All right, so let's let's leave the poop behind. The dads, if you will. Let's leave the dads behind. I will say, as a father, I find that term offensive. Okay. As not a father, <laughs> I find that term funny. So, there, that's that. <laughs> I will just tell you that. So, um, to return to the conversation we were having from the last episode, because it was a good conversation and I we had more to say and we were just running long. So, the bill in front of uh, the Maryland legislature... Um, to increase the uh, how many kegs of beer a Maryland brewery is allowed to sell in their tap room from 1,000 to 8,000 annually. That's the one thing I mainly wanted to go back to. We can go back to other aspects and sure. probably will, but the, that's the first one I want to start with. And what I wanted to, to kind of talk about is what are the impacts there? Because I think you had kind of alluded to the fact that a lot of the money um, yeah, the, the fact that the cap, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the fact that uh, they have a cap and the fact that it's a low cap for, uh, forces the brewery to sell to, uh, to sell their beer uh, really concentratedly in in uh, in bottle shops mm-hmm. and not really have the incentive to really soup up their tap rooms. Yeah. So the when I orig- originally saw the contents of this, I was kind of like. I was kind of like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Like, allow breweries to sell more because then, you know, they can take a lot more of that profit. Um, and then also you could end up having a uh, a situation where the consumer doesn't have to pay as much because mm-hmm. there's a lot tacked on for, you know, the distribution company having to take it. So they need a piece. And then the liquor store selling it. So they need a piece. So it could be selling for less. So it benefits you know, the brewer and the consumer cut out the middlemen. But then I started thinking, oh yeah, so you cut out the middlemen on some of the sales. So if you increase the output that they're allowed to do through tap rooms from 1,000 to 8,000, how much less beer will actually end up going out of the door in bottles for distribution or cans? And what would that kind of financial impact be for these liquor stores for the distributors, you know, stuff like right. that. So, I mean, there's a lot of people. So if, if you're, if a brewery is able to sell directly to customers, that's a lot of middlemen you're cutting. And that's not just yeah. one middleman. That's like at least three different middlemen that you're cutting out. You're cutting out the truck driver guy, the, the bottle shop guy. And I think there's, I can't remember what the name is, but there's a, 
there's a person by law that exists between the beer brewer and the beer seller. And I can't remember what that middle guy is called, but by law, that guy has to be there. I can't remember what he's called. Isn't it like the representative for the distribution company? Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly remember. Yeah, don't Somebody, remember. people are screaming at me the answer because I'm such an idiot. Yeah. But well, me too. Right, but but think about if they're able to increase in a large way the amount of t- amount of beer they can sell in their tap room, then they can make basically a huge bar that people can come and hang out with their buddies and celebrate on as opposed to what's happened now where it's just like oh we're visiting this brewery and it's nice we're having a pint now it's like let's go hang out there and like have a full night of it at at union or whatever it is well and then that's another point to make here which is how are you impacting bars in the area as well well yeah that's another way too because they're getting it directly from the source it, it's a possibility that, you know, say a place like Union, you know, Union Brewing, people, you know, they get the ability to sell like 8,000 kegs worth through their, tap room, through their tap room and they make their tap room much bigger. It's currently super, super small. But so they make it huge and people will go there as a bar destination. Meanwhile, down, down the street a little bit, there's another, there's a bar and they're selling some of Union stuff and a bunch of others. It costs more, most likely. It costs more for the beer there. So what are people going to do? They're just going to go down the block and go actually to Union. So how much money potentially is being lost from the bars that already exist? And you know what? I know that when it comes to those high skill bars that have like a limited taps, it is a fight to get a tap. So if you if you're able to at least in a in a in a hyper local way just not have to worry about it because you want you want like we're using union so if you want a union beer just come to our place and that's a fight that they don't have to have to have in all of these different things and you know like your your buddy um i can't remember his name we did a tournament together with the beard uh Uh, ross yeah ross he's a beer rep for a specific guy right yeah he's for um Oliver right. He's yeah. He's going to bars and and fighting to get to get them on tap. Oliver yeah. Brewing in these specific um, restaurants and bars and stuff like that. You can cut Ross out now because oh, you don't need him. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you cut him out altogether because I'm sure I'm sure they still have more beer, so they will still be getting it out further. Because otherwise, you're just making people you're making people come to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it actually <clears throat> does benefit them to distribute much right. further out from where they are right. like a keg here a keg there to to a bunch of bars but yeah i i do see the point of it could greatly decrease the amount of fighting over these taps which could be really good for um people who have to have their stuff contract brewed because they don't have their own brewery yeah and then you know what other breweries that have trouble getting into bars Maybe they have a maybe they have a deal with you know with that brewery union to put to get their beers uh, to to like Cheaper. rent yeah to like rent space in their tap room no. you know that's something that could happen too so this is this is one of those and you know with any of these laws there's definite winners and losers yeah and right now the way it is these brewers are kind of losing because of a missed opportunity. But you give them that opportunity, you create a lot of losers too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of the issue. Is like, 
and this is one of my problems with a lot of things in life, which is you want to be able to look at everything and say, this change is going to be good because of this. But it, it, it's that's not the only impact that it has. It doesn't impact just one thing. Um, everything is complex. And like you're saying, it's going to create a bunch of losers, even though it will also create a bunch of winners. So you kind of have to look closely and see cost-benefit analysis, what's the overall winning and losing going to be? Well, another thing, I mean, we were talking about the impacts of this, potential impacts about this, of, of this law. But another thing that it will encourage is local drinking, like drinking yeah. from your local brewery, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of – not everyone can be Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada and New Belgium – a lot of these breweries exist in a very hyper local way where you you everyone within five miles knows you, but you go fifteen miles they've never heard of you yeah. you know there's a That's lot true. of these microbrewers, and so that a law like this could really benefit a uh, an outfit like that well, do you think it could also end up um encouraging bar existing bars to start their own <clears throat> breweries in house? For oh, that reason, be, as a way to draw people in, that'd be interesting too. Uh, an example of that, I think it was uh, what's that restaurant? It's like Red Brick something. Yeah, it's Red in Brick the it's in the Station. avenue. It's in the avenue of White Marsh. Uh, of White Marsh. Yeah. That's a place. That's mostly a that's mostly a restaurant, but they just mm-hmm. happen to just brew their own stuff because they're whatever. And it's an attraction for those guys. And it like, is, and it has been for a long time, especially because they were kind of predating the real big craft beer boom, right? And you know what? Their beer is just not okay. good. It's, it's it's not good. It's not even okay, dude. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I had I had it like one time, like four years ago. So I have very yeah. like... <laughs> actually. I think I think I would have to say. I guess I don't know for sure if it's still not good. But years ago, <laughs> when I did have it, it was not good at all. Um, probably yeah, probably been about four or five years, maybe. So I don't know. Maybe there have been changes. That's a lot of time, right? But maybe I mean, that's something I should do is go take a trip right, and check. But it But that's out. like the one example of the thing that we were talking about, where yeah. we have like here's an existing bar restaurant, and they're like, well, we're just brewing shit because why not, you know? But yeah, and that has been a draw for them, yeah. I, I, and I'm sure it still is. Yeah, and they even show up to. Uh, I know they've been to um, uh, beer events too. But you know what? That was an example where both of us had kind of like a meh experience on it. I was just in um, like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I went to a, a place just like that. It was just a bar that happened to brew their own stuff. I got a flight. It was fantastic. Was I, it Mudhook by chance? I can't remember what the okay. hell it is. I, oh, they may a, have been in York. I don't remember. I, either Harrisburg or York I went to. Uh, they had a... A place much like that it was called Mudhook. Their beers are pretty good. Yeah, it was it was in the same facility as like an art gallery or something like that. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It was like all of these independent artists were whatever. Anyways, it doesn't matter because I can't remember the name <laughs> of the thing. Yeah. But this is an example of like just because you're small and just because your primary focus is food doesn't mean you can't make great beer. Yeah. And if if that law encourages uh, individual bars to make to make their own beer, you know, it it's it's it might be awesome. Like, yeah. you know. So that, so there's it's interesting because now we've kind of talked about it, it it's been like a like a, a rolling hill of a chart where we're like charting it, we're like we're going up, we're like, oh positive, 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 but then here's a negative, so we're dipping down and then we're back to going up a little bit again. Well yeah, well we t- 
I mean, honestly, the cap is an artificial, it's an artificial barrier. Mm-hmm. So if you're a free market guy, then you should say get rid of the limit. Right. You know? Or gal. <laughs> or free market gal. Uh, I consider guy to be a gender neutral term. Okay, got it. <laughs> I mean, sure. Why don't, why don't we come up with a, a new gender neutral thing for, for beer people? Just say like, I don't even know. How about Osimo? Dads or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so there was that aspect of it. The other thing is there's another bill that I did not talk about in the last episode that's going up uh, for consideration that has to do with our um, changes. So there's one that's uh, it's basically an operating hours rollback that's being proposed for breweries. It's HB 1283 is the bill number. Uh. Um, To force breweries (laughs) into restricting their operating hours to be 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Sundays. The only reason to limit it to 9 p.m. is because you don't want them competing with With bars. bars, exactly, yeah. So... So there, obviously, a lot of craft beer people are against it because they want the breweries to be able to, you know, like we talked about, that if if you do the combination of allowing them to have whatever hours they want and stay open as late as bars and increase their their output in the tap rooms by, you know, eight times, then they're yeah. going to turn into bars. They yeah, will they be bars. they will be bars. Like, it's just no question. They will be bars. Well, and you know what? Oh, this, see, cause this, you know, is, this is interesting, too, because... I think that being a brewery and selling your own beer means that you don't have to have food there to serve. So if they become then basically the size of bars and they don't have to make food and serve food and they can just keep bringing in like food trucks and stuff like that. Uh, that's like a utopia for them. That's like the best of both worlds for them. You don't have to deal with the food business aspect, which I hear is a total nightmare, and you get to s- just sell way more beer. I mean, it depends on... I mean, I think we both know that there's been a lot of brew pubs that have really hoity-toity food, mm-hmm. and then there's, the, you know... Um, depends on where they are. Right, I mean, the one Because that... different lo- states have different laws on that, and... I mean, the one that comes to mind is, like, Russian River, which is, like, known for their, like, super high-end food. Really? And then then the other end is, like, um, hyper-local to us is Independent, which, like you said, brings in beer trucks. um, Food trucks. Food trucks. Doesn't deal with food at all. But the food's really good, to be honest. Right. But But it's not them. You could do a total middle, and all you were doing were, like, hamburgers and deep-fried food. And Sounds it, like Ocean City Brewing. Right, which is a crap hole. But, Garbage. But, right. But I'm saying you could just have like like crappy bar food and be making a killing on it. Yeah. It'd be really interesting is, is if, they, if these tap rooms become big bars and then that becomes a concentration of their business. That'd be a yeah. real change. That'd be yeah. a real... But it was like, it's like we were talking about before, is like maybe it would encourage people to drink way more local. Yeah. Which is like... You know what people in Wisconsin and Oregon do. Yeah, you know it might also encourage more people who were who were considering trying to do like restaurants to just start their own brewery. 
because they can just sell more beer if they didn't really want to deal with the food aspect of it, and they're just looking from the money aspect. I mean, yeah, which could then also create a problem of just flooding the market with shit beer because the person just wants to make beer and they don't really care. Look, the market's already flooded with shit beer. I mean, it's that's, just, that's, you yeah. know. But there's also like a ton that's really good, though. Yeah. No, it's it's look in our my bottle shop is Wine World. All right, which yeah. recently we they should change their damn name to Beer World because <laughs> half so of their half of their damn store is beer now. Well, <laughs> and what's funny is whenever I go in there, there's a concentration of people in the beer aisles, and I like walk through the store and see like nobody or like a, a person here, a person there in the other aisles. Yeah, they have like right. Well, we're getting off topic, but, but yeah, that's <laughs> right. fine. Right, but I think we're about wrapped up on that yeah. topic anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, just from a, I'm not a libertarian, but just, but, but I, you know, I, I understand and sympathize with the thing, but just from a libertarian standpoint, it's a free market. Let them do what they want. Right. I can understand that. Um, the hours thing, I mean, for a person like myself, I don't really care about the hours thing because I'm typically not going out late anyway, and a lot of times I'm not even going to bars because... I'm just gonna stay home and and drink right. a beer myself. I mean, Plus, the other argument, I go to bed on the early end anyway. Right. So. The, I mean, you could have like a safety slash moral argument against right. letting them stay the open yeah, late. Right. But that's, that's but then they're just gonna go down the street to a bar. Right. That's like a so, that's so. like a vice thing where like yeah. you know people shouldn't be drinking in general. Or right. Like right. Heavily illegal. Lascivious things happen in bars at late in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. That's what's going on. That's what's going on with, with the breweries and the beer laws in Maryland, people. I, I wonder how it is in your states. Actually, if you want to let me know, go ahead and send an email to brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you're one we'll of talk the, about it. If you're one of the three people that listen to this podcast <laughs> are not hey, within four blocks of Three us. and a half, Dan Kim. There's <laughs> at least one person who half listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, while they're on their treadmill looking at... Uh, looking at other people's asses, yeah. No, I, I view it more as like somebody, the one of the listeners who's actually like listening to it aloud, and another person in, in the room is just half paying attention. Oh, is how I view it. Oh, you cannot listen to podcasts aloud <laughs> I mean, with other people. You can. I, I'm saying you shouldn't. It's a personal experience. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay. Well, anyway, another another good uh, combo. Uh, let's go to the mystery beers. They are both dark. Yeah, they look similar, too. Yeah. I'm just going to put them side by side. I'm going to assume that Rebecca just poured us the same beer and and just to fuck with us, see if we can tell the difference. It seems like it could be that. Um, It looks like A might be a little bit lighter, but... Uh, I don't think it's worth parsing. They're both dark as hell. (laughs) Yeah, they're both really dark. They're almost the same. A might be just a tad bit lighter. And the head on B actually does look a little darker, but they're kind of tannish white. Just like the slightest bit of brown tinge on it. Okay, so let's go ahead and smell on a. Smells like a stout, <laughs> American style. It's yeah. kind of hoppy and not and not imperial like a single stout. Yeah, in my opinion, there's a decent uh, hoppiness on there, like a little citrus, a little floral. Yeah, a big, a pretty big roast, and yeah, there's a little some other. There's a tad bit of like a watered down coffee smell on it. Yeah, I can see that, like a green coffee. There's a little bit of a fruity 
something as well. Maybe a little like tart cherry. Oh, uh, I'm not picking that up. No, no that's wrong. <laughs> that's not. That's not what I. No. I mean, it could just be a straight. Up... Some sort of like dark fruit. Wait a minute. Am I starting to get a little licorice? Deep, deep, deep down. I felt like I got one hit of licorice. Uh, okay. I'm, I don't know. It's it, it's time to taste it. It smells like a stout to me. Mm-hmm. A stout. <laughs> I mean, it's good. You know, it's it's much less roasty than it smelled like. Like it's 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 got like a lot. It's a lot more neutral as far as the roasting is concerned. Yeah. Um, it it's almost got. Sm- it, it almost has a. It's a, it's almost more of a porter than a stout. Mm-hmm. Very. It's pretty. It's pretty light and nice. It's got that floral um, hoppiness mm-hmm. and uh, and citrusiness that I was talking about, and then there's like a lot of roast under it, like, and it's that unmistakable <laughs> like unmistakable like it is roast malt, like real roasty malt. It's not. You could confuse. It with coffee, it's you know. I'm gonna multiple. disagree with you. I do not. I think the roast is pretty light on this, so it's a surprising that you're. I'm, I'm getting, under the hoppiness. That's I'm what getting, I pick I'm up. getting a little bit of that hoppiness, and I'm getting a little bit of like the coffeeness. But the actual that 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 burn roast uh, that that you so often associate, I'm mm. getting it pretty. In, I'm getting it at a pretty small dose. Like okay. it's just you know we're just different. Yeah. Mm. But I am getting um, a, a nice. Uh, it's you know it's not overpowering. It's just a there's a hop care there's a hop presence there's a coffee presence um, there's there's, a, there's both a sweet and a roast malt presence. There's a slight licorice for me. Yeah, a slight one. Slight licorice. I agree. I agree. Yeah, this is very drinkable. I, it's not. I'm not wowed by it. No, no. it's it's decent though. Like yeah, it's solid. It's, yeah, it's just. I don't dislike it. No, 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 no. Solid is a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid beer. It's a, it's a beer. It's a, it's a decent beer. All right, so let's go ahead and start smelling the... Oh. It's it's bigger. <laughs> my nose is starting to go on me. I gotta smell my arm. Oh, for the a neutral. lot of coffee. Like, that's, that's my number one smell. Oh, yeah, there's coffee. There's a decent hoppiness on this too, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it smells like fresh roasted coffee. I mean, honestly, it... yeah, fresh roasted coffee. But once again, like in a, there's a floralness on there. There's a citrusiness on there as well. Yeah, I'm getting. Are you getting like something like orange in there? Yeah, I just said orange. Oh well. Fine. Or did I say orange? Or did I just think specifically orange and say citrus? I don't know. I only half listen to you. Cause <laughs> I, I'm figuring that out. Though. That's happening. I don't know. This actually smells better than the first one. Like uh, the the hop levels, I like more in this because it smells like more citrusy, tasty, almost a little sugary. I mean, we're parsing it, but the 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 big thing, the main thing I get is coffee, and honestly, it smells more like coffee than it does beer. Yeah, and I'm getting a little chocolateiness. Which I know under you, that as well. you milk chocolate. You are much more of a coffee guy than I am. I love you, coffee. You love, love you love coffee. You like you like order your your loved coffee online. Online. Yes. You drink coffee every day, whereas I yep. just basically steal sips from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, if you do what you got to do. 
If, if that's the only way you I'm get just, your coffee. I'm just talking about levels of enjoyment yeah, of coffee right, here. Yeah, yeah. So, like... It's actually... Like, some of the hop pro- hoppy profile on there comes off a little Trogues brewing-like because it has a little bit of that mm-hmm. kind of, like, candied Smarties mixed with citrus, you know, with the sugariness. Right. Um, it smells really good. And actually, what beer have I had? There was a beer that I had, I think, like, last year or two years ago or something that I remember really liking it, and but I didn't remember it being as hop-forward as it was. It was an, an Imperial Stout, I think. And I was just like, man, there's so much hoppiness on this, uh, which was Victory Storm King. I did not remember it being as hoppy as it was, but when I had it, I was like, well, that's really hoppy. It was really good, though. Yeah, Storm King specifically needs to be aged, in my opinion. Like, when you get it... I don't think so. I don't know. When I had it fresh, it was just, it was just all over the place. I mean, so you're drinking this now. I've already drank it. I mm. you, I think you're going to really like this it one. It's good. So it's it's very creamy, mm-hmm. very a lot of coffee in there, a little bit of chocolate. You know, you get that roast character. If you like coffee and beer, you, I think you're gonna like this beer. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. That was really good. Um, yeah, there's a decent coffiness to it. The, that hop profile really comes through with a lot of the citrus, <laughs> a lot of the floralness, kind of grassy as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a decent body to the beer, too. It coats your mouth appropriately. Uh, I don't perceive a ton of right. alcohol. And as opposed to last episode with the um, Aun Mas Toro Jesus, or whatever that was called. Yeah, you was, said it exactly. Oh, good job. You me. got it right. <laughs> good job, me. Where that beer had, you know, a lot of, like, uh, there was, like, a chalkiness. This is very smooth yeah, it's and very velvety. Smooth. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, it's, this is a good one. I'm getting some of the milk chocolate on the end. I'm getting, as I don't take another sip and I just let the flavor still sit there, the coffee increases even more. And it's Mm -hmm. not like a green, young coffee. It's like a very roasted, nice coffee. Um, I would say medium roast. It's good. I would say medium roast. Yeah. And I I wonder if you can perceive this, but I am am relatively sensitive to caffeine and Mm -hmm. I can feel, I can feel the caffeine. Yeah, uh, in me. So there might be a lot of coffee added. Yeah, too. I think there's a lot of coffee because um, I'm I'm feeling that pep of caffeine right now yeah. in me, and I know I'm pretty sensitive to it. Are you feeling that? Because <sighs> you drink a lot of coffee, so you might not be sensitive to it. I don't, I don't drink a lot. I drink like one cup in the morning, basically. Okay. Um. So, uh, but um, I see what you're saying. I do feel like I'm getting a little bit of a tingle. You know, like an energy type tingle. Is that no, not alcohol? And that's not from Rebecca giving you a tingle. <laughs> no, 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 that's different. Mm. That's good. I like that. I like that quite a bit. The yeah. the the balance between the malty stout and the hoppy quality is nice. Um, you know, and even though both of these, I'm going to call these both stouts. Yeah, and they're both stouts, but they. I think they're both pleasant, but in totally different way. Whereas the as whereas A is just kind of this this kind of non-offensive, drinkable, uh, solid solid beer. This uh, B has real a real distinctive character mm-hmm. and and is executed well. And you know, well, they're both executed well, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but two solid beers that were both stouts, but are hitting me in very different ways. Yeah. Um. For some reason, I don't know if this is off base or not, but 
The B is reminding me a little bit of Adroit Theory Brewing's um, Black is Your Soul, uh, their Imperial Stout. Bays, for short, B-A-Y-S, Black is Your Soul. But um, that's just a potential guess. Um, okay, well, let's, let's start um, throwing numbers on these bad boys. Yeah, I'm going back to A, and because I'm following it from B... Like a lot of chocolatey? its roast, no, a lot of its roast quality just kind of went away for me, and I'm yeah, tasting, because it's so much roastier on B. Right, so yeah. I'm tasting a lot of its more of its like um, non-roasted malts, a lot more of its hop character, a lot more of its just kind of the base, not the base beer, but you know, just like the just kind of the beerness of it. <laughs> I think it's starting to give me a cherry note, like a very significant cherry that is very akin to the cherry I get from Scotch ales. So, just saying. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, for me. It's not sweet enough to be in that vein, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, oh, and B also, I was getting like a lot of like a um, dark chocolate bitterness on the end as well. You That's know, good. It's complex. It's, it's, it's uh, um, you know, a it to me, it's it's t- the color is too dark for me to call it a porter, but it has a lot of porter qualities. Yeah. It does. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? I don't care. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a uh, four. Okay. That is actually exactly where I was going. So we're on the same page with A. That's good. Where are you going on B? I'm going to give B. You know what? There's a lot of times that I would actually reach uh, for A first. Where, it's, you mm-hmm. know, just, okay. just it's a more, it's... It's it's a more generic beer, and I'm not right. saying as a as a as, as a, a bad thing. as a bad thing. I'm just it's just what it is. It's just kind of a more everyday beer. But I think B, even though it's more specific, it's just executed really well. It has a point of view. Yeah. It's it's uh, the fact that it's so velvety. I'm gonna give B a five. Five? Okay. All right. I like B quite a bit. And you were right when you tasted it and you were like, you're, I think you're really going to like this. Um, I like it enough that I'm going to, well, okay, I'm between two numbers at the moment. Are you going to go crazy and give it like an eight or something? <laughs> Not quite like that, but hmm. there's a lot going on and the line it walks between hoppy and malty is just really good. I give it a six. Yeah, no, it's really. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big differences is that you're that you're a coffee lover, and this is a coffee lover's beer, and yeah, it's no, and I'm not a coffee lover, and I still really like this beer. For me, I was I got to be honest, I was between a six and a seven mm-hmm. to be honest, but yeah, I taking another sip of it, I don't think it quite hits the seven mark for me as as it goes with this show, yeah, yeah. but. Definitely, like, I feel like it, it, it overachieves a little bit for a six, but it can't get to the seven, in my opinion, so. Sure, you can give yeah. it a seven, man. No, like, no, <laughs> I don't feel like it warrants a seven, but it's really good. I do like it. All right, so winner overall B with overall 5.5, uh, loser is A with a four, still solid. So let's see what A was. Overall four? Do. Oh, it's by Omegon. It's an oatmeal stout called Lovely, Dark, and Deep. Mm. And it's 5.3% alcohol. 
with and what is the style they were what are they calling it oatmeal style oatmeal style yeah. okay that makes a lot of sense um it's it's funny because I, when i think of omegang i think of um like uh belgian yeast so that's what I, yeah. you know they have with wits belgians i think they have um so it's all of that kind of banana-y, bubblegummy, like that kind of profile. And so the fact that they're stretching into an oatmeal stout is, and that and they're doing it well, I've always liked Omegang. They've been doing other different stuff. Okay, than I just what, haven't than seen what you were descri- describing before. I just have I think the Omegang is one of those breweries that a lot of people don't go to because of the perception that you are talking about. Yeah, um, but they've been doing a lot of different stuff for a while, and they do it well. They, yeah. I mean, they're good. Okay, well, good brewer. well, then I need to try more Omegang. I will say the one thing I don't like about Omegang is that they're kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah, they are. That's unfortunate. All right, B, the overall winner. Oh, and it's a tw- in a twenty-two ounce, so there's more of it left, so you can drink more. Uh, overall, five point five for B. It is. Oh, oh, for real? Wow. Okay, it's Smutty Nose. Okay, that's surprising. Was I just talking about Smutty Nose to you the other day? Yeah, I was saying that Smutty Nose is one of those breweries that I just kind of see and then move on. Like I don't really. Yeah. Like it's just well, then one this of those... is great that it's on this episode to prove that it's way better than that. Um, it's Rocky Road is what it's called. It's a stout brewed with cocoa nibs, marshmallow cream, and aged on oak chips. So no added coffee. Nope. That must be all from the malt. That's crazy. And some of the roast could be coming from the oak chips if they were roasted at all. I don't know. You know what? Uh, yeah, probably weren't though. I bet. You were getting that, a, good a beer, lot of that velveteiness and creaminess and mouthfeel. I bet it's oak. coming from the well, the oak and the marshmallow cream. Well, I was gonna say the marshmallow cream. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. That's a good beer, man. That's a nice I beer. I can't. I'm. I'm Smitty really. Nose. I'm really surprised that there's no coffee in there. I can't remember the last time I liked a Smutty Nose beer this much, to be honest. You know, Smut. When I was saying that I overlook them, doesn't mean that I think they're bad. Right. It's just, it just means you think there's more exciting stuff out there. Right. They were just, you know, that they're just pretty good. And they are, but this is excellent. This is excellent. And this beer is 7.5% alcohol, by the way. So it's not crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. You can totally just drink this. It tastes decadent and like it probably would be hiding a high ABV, but it's very manageable. I can't believe there's so no that's coffee great. in this. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that there's no coffee in yeah, this. Yeah, it is very, very coffee-like. So, yeah. No, you're right. All right. Well, another successful episode in the books. We just learned that even though we thought that Smutty Nose was kind of boring, that, hey, this is awesome. Just like last episode, we thought Maui Brewing was kind of boring, but that Pineapple Man, it was really good. You know what's another thing that um, kind of turns me from Smutty Nose is that their branding. Their branding yeah. is whatever. But this branding has got like a yin-yang thing with a... Is that like a, the, le, like a leopard otter or something like that? I don't know what, what? that is. It's like a leopard seal or something like that. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a seal. Yeah. It, it's some version of seal. It's yes. cool. It's a cool It's a cool graphic. And you know what? <laughs> Design matters. <laughs> yeah, it does. Which I will point out, um, Maui Brewing, we didn't say this in the last episode, they rebranded. And their new branding looks a lot better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, all right. Very cool. So, um, oh, I should do some plugs real quick. 
Uh, check out the website, BrutalBattle.com. Check out our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please give us ratings and reviews on iTunes because it really helps out. I'd be forever grateful if you would do that. And you can even email me and let me know that you did, and I'll give you a thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even on the podcast. Um, and you can email at BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also check out short videos that I do reviewing beers on YouTube. Just search for Brutal Battle Beer Break. At Twitter, I am at Brutal Battle. I'm Carlin at Brutal Battle. On Untapped, I'm uh, Carlton Malibu, as it sounds, all one word, or Carlin Cook. Dan, you are on Untapped, do you know? Dan Kim, we always Dan K. I think it's Dan K. That's right. It's Dan K. I yeah. remember that. It is Dan K. Dang. So look for that. Right, right. Or you could also show up and knock on Carlin's <laughs> door any day, any time. Three in the morning, whatever. Just knock on his door. He's totally cool with it. No. Oh, I also have a Facebook page for just search Brutal Battle on Facebook <laughs> and you'll get there. At any rate, thank you everyone for checking this out. Thanks, Dan Kim, for being on. And please remember to keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 